You're listening to Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. Let's go ahead and read God's word. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, a verse that we're all familiar with. And we can bring the lights up in the house as well. And I guess I can take this headset off too. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Okay, take two. How's everybody doing today? Okay. All right, we're going to just read one verse, and then we're going to make a declaration as a body of Christ. One, two, three, ready, read. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So if you have your Bible, you got your iPhone, whatever device you're using today. I'm going to ask for you to hold it close to your face or hold it up. We're going to make a declaration. It's going to come on the screen. I'm going to read first, and then you're going to repeat after me. All right? Something different today, since we can't hug people. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do exactly what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. There, there we go. This is God's word for my life. And I will be better After hearing hearing God's word, word. you may be seated. Amen. Sometimes you just got to say it. You got to let it be known. And just go from there. So anyway, so so excited to be able to have everyone here. We are in part six of 2020 Focus Series. Amen. And today we're not going to talk about what's going on. We're not going to talk about the past. Today, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about vision. Say vision. Vision. Say potential. Say possibilities. That's all wrapped in our vision. We all need vision. Vision, every individual needs it. Vision, every company needs it right now. Vision, every church needs it. Vision, every political affiliation needs it. And despite our background, despite our upbringings, despite how we feel about who's going to win, if if school is going to close or remain open, vision is what we all need to be able to go for it. So the question is, with the time we have left, I see teenagers, I see seasoned saints, I see young adults, I see career professionals. What are we going to do with the vision God has given you? If I ask you, what is your personal vision 
for your life. Could you tell me? Can you explain it? Husbands, can we tell our wives what our vision is for the household? Say, for us in our house, this is what we do. This is how we conduct ourselves. This is how we live. When we go to work, what's the vision? What's the purpose? And why do we come? Go to the next slide real quick. So vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So when people don't know what's going on, what are we going to do? We're going to perish. This is not a physical death, but it speaks to lostness. It speaks to us being out of control. It speaks to wasting time. It speaks to waking, wasting energy. And then when you read it from the New Living Translation, it says when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. They get in fights at Walmart for last minute stuff. They go a little bit crazy. When we don't hear what God is saying to us, vision, say vision. Vision, divine guidance, which is also synonymous for revelation. So what is God revealing to us? What is God telling you to be able to do and to be able to work on in the middle of this situation? What if the coronavirus for us to have social distance is for God for you to just get home and spend some more time with your family? What if not going out, what if being more precautious is because some of us are just nasty. Y'all don't like to wash your hands. Or y'all think hand sanitizer is for the new age. But the coronavirus got us checking a few things. Like Sunday, my daughter had the flu. And normally, like, if I get sick, my son gets sick, my wife gets sick, I'm cool, but when my daughter gets sick, I start tripping. Like, I, I, I lose the pastor halo, I'm mad, I'll do an intermittent fast, I don't want to eat, because one thing leads to the nets, so all weekend she's tripping, and you're hearing this coronavirus, and I'm all upset. And then Monday, daddy daycare's running all day, and so she's laid up all on me, blowing boogers, snot, all of it. And as daddy, I was loving it. I was like, man, when you were two, all of this quality time. But then Tuesday hit. Woo! 103 fever for your boy. And now I'm tripping. And you hear more and more news going on. And God is like, does that align to the vision I gave you? But I'm like, Lord. I got to preach on Sunday. If I sneeze, they're going to have an issue. And so Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, drive through service. Maybe I should get a test. And then I called the doctor, the pediatrician that took my daughter, and she said, if she was breathing on your face, it has to be the same thing. I promise. Take some Claritin. Make sure you're tight. Sleep in the basement. Yes, no kids in the bed. And by Friday, I was good. Now it feels like... More things are going on, but what is this vision? When we don't have vision, we run wild. So what is vision? Here's three things, because vision is a very 
vast word. I can't just give you a synonym. Vision is a function of our heart. So when you hear people talking about vision, if they're talking about what they see, that is sight. Vision comes from the heart. It is something that is birthed from God. Vision. When you feel like, should I do this? Should I do that? And the Holy Spirit checks you and says, no, don't go there. That's vision speaking to you to keep you in alignment. Number two, vision is seeing the future when we're in the present. Anybody in here, raise your hand if God has shown you some stuff that has not manifested in your present yet. Come on, let me see. Don't be scared. It wasn't the devil. God will give you a mental picture. He will show you these things, but we can't run from it. So vision in the midst of all of the fear is our source and our hope for life. You're standing in a church right now. 11 years ago in April was the first time I met Pastor Ray. When I came here, there was a foreclosure sign in the parking lot. And I'm like, you just got married. All you have is Hadassah right now. You had a good job in Maryland making 60 grand. And you came out here to pastor a church that's about to close. And he said, vision. I know what sight is telling me, but vision has me here. And this church is still alive because of vision. There's things, if you ask your neighbor that raise your hand and they tell you about what God is going to do in their life, it may scare you. But that's what vision is. When God starts giving you a glimpse of the future about where you're going and you look at your bank account and your change is looking strange and you got more month than money, vision. God wants to give you hope, a future, and expect it in. Vision, the same thing as I talked about Pastor Ray, the same thing for me. I had at least 20 people tell me, don't go to St. Louis. I had a guy from the army. He was one of the toughest guys I know. He said, whatever you do, bro, I love you, but don't go to East St. Louis. It's rough out there. All you know is Mickey Mouse clubs. It's real streets over there. <laughs> my parents, my mother, my father cried, upset, frustrated. Don't go. My grandbabies, we love you. We need to rebuild our relationship. But vision... Vision said go. Vision wouldn't allow me to stay. Vision, because God showed me the things that I need to do for you to go to the next level, is not going to be in your hometown. They're not going to respect you because they know all your past and history. You one of the baby kids. And you don't die, you just multiply. So God had to send me to St. Louis to be able to unfold a vision. But here's the thing. I wasn't like Pastor Ray and took two months and moved. I took three years. I tried three or four churches, and I said, hey, here's my vision. Can I help? Can I do it here? And I got in. I served, and it got shut down. And God says, how long are you going to stop ignoring my voice? How long are you going to start taking the easy way out? But I'm telling you, the things that you see now, when you step out, 
Matter of fact, this is for some people. You have to step, and then you're going to land. My step was just coming to St. Louis for a whole year, for the first year, 15 months, homesick. Is it going to work? Is diversity going to like me? It was the stepping. But then when I knew Pastor Ray was leaving, he said, now you can land. You thought you were just going to be a blessed number two. That's all I wanted, to be a Joseph. To be a blessed number two. I don't want to be the man. If we get a lawsuit, my name is in the paper. Go to that guy. (laughs) I just wanted to be a blessed number two. But God wants to do exceedingly. God wants to do abundantly. God wants to do above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power that works in you. That working power is vision. Y'all are looking at me crazy. I know y'all been inundated with so much news this week. And you're trying to figure out, you got like me, I had to check and make sure my life insurance was tight. My beneficiaries were taken care of. I see my 401k dropping. And he said, vision. I said, Lord, should I talk about prayer? But he said, no. This is the week to talk about vision. When we started 2020 series, I wanted to talk about vision week one. He said, hold it. I'll let you know when to release it. No, this is first. We got to get the vision. I got to show them where they're going. He said, nope. Start with focus. Focus is the foundation. Then you got to talk about distractions. Then you got to talk about keeping the right focus. Then you got to talk about making sure you don't have the wrong focus. And then all of this stuff breaks out. And the word of the Lord today is vision. Say vision. Vision. Say, I got a plan for my life. If not, God does. So to achieve God's best for your life, you got to have vision. Period. Now, I don't want to put anybody on shame or blast because there are some, I promise, my first two to three years of Christianity, I struggled hearing the voice of God. I struggled trying to figure out what was right from what was wrong. So today, I wanted to, I was planning to be a teacher and get my whiteboard and give you a piece of paper and make you write notes, but I knew there was going to be at least three people that thought that was unsanitary. So whatever device you have today, let's talk about vision. Habakkuk chapter 2. Many of us hear this scripture And we're going to bring it to light today. In Habakkuk chapter 1, you hear Habakkuk, which is one of God's prophets, having an issue with God, praying to God, frustrated, looking at his people, looking at the condition, looking at others that don't serve God doing well, but his people struggling And he's upset, and he's mad, and then God gives him a response, and then Habakkuk checks him again, and then God comes back with this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Stay right there. Don't move. So there's a few things that stand out. If you have a vision, where is it written at? 
Oh, it's just in my head. Write it down. I don't care if it's a vision board and you need to get pictures. I don't care if you don't like writing. We got technology. Record it. Say it. Put it down. Write it down. Be obedient to what thus saith the Lord. You need to write it down. And don't write it in King James. Make it plain so that you can understand it. If you got ugly handwriting, use a computer. Make it plain. Why? Because our vision is normally bigger than us. Vision requires other people. Vision requires funding. Vision requires leaders. Vision requires you to be able to identify what your strengths are and be able to look for others who is able to fill in the gaps. Vision, because if it's not written and if it's not planned, they can't take it. They won't understand. They can't run with it. Vision, write it down. Make it plain so when you tell me we can help. But if it's just in your head and you're just kind of like, one time God showed me a white cloud and it started to rain. That's my vision. So there must be a gap between the disconnect for us to be able to stay with it. And God, when he normally speaks, is not when everything is going well. When the stock market's about to hit 30,000, God speaks in the midst of fears. God speaks when we go from social isolation to spiritual hibernation. Vision. That wasn't even in my notes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Next, next scripture. For the vision is yet for a appointed time. So sometimes God will tell you something. Normally it's not that fast when you're going to be able to hear it. I forgot a part from my story with Pastor Ray. He knew he was going to be a senior pastor at 18. And people laughed at him becoming a senior pastor at 27. You're too young. You don't have enough schooling. Look at your record. God is going to speak some stuff. God is going to confirm some stuff. I'm believing God to re remind you again this week the things that he has told you to do. Because the appointed time normally comes in the middle of a famine. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. God is not a liar. If he said it, that settles it. So if it hasn't happened, we're all responsible for making sure that we've done our part, that we've done our homework, that we've prepared ourselves. Anybody know Genesis 1? What's the first verse in the Bible? Come on, somebody. In the beginning, well, stop right there. God created. That's vision. And after he created, what did he do? I, I felt it over here. In the beginning, God created what? What about verse number two? And the earth was out form and void. And then after that, we see from verse 3 through 7, vision, speaking it. Lights go over here. Dark go over here. Let's create some animals. Let's make man. 
And God is going to be able to speak to you, and you're going to have to start speaking things. You're going to have to start writing things, and you have to speak it, and you're going to have to sow into it, and then you're going to see it with sight. Everyone's looking at me crazy. Though it tarries, wait for it. Which means it may be a few denials. It may mean it's going to take a few rejections. Anybody in here, every job you apply for, you got it on the first shot? I'm waiting. You? You did it? Okay. So, when you experience a setback, you can't question if that was God talking to you. You're just waiting. It's just in a slow cook, crock pot. There's no air fryer for this one. You got to wait. So here it is. So how does vision relates to focus? What does focus, 2020 focus, have to say to vision? Number one, you got to visualize. Say visualize. What are you seeing? What's the last dream you had? What's the thing you repetitively keep dreaming about? We're talking about your future. This is not the week to just sit and enjoy our problems and just get a gas tank to go by. We're talking about transformation. Because you have to see the invisible to do the impossible. Where were cell phones 11 years ago? I see Archie. Where is Tesla trying to take the cars? They're trying to take us to the Jetsons. Vision. So when you see something invisible, God is trying to help you on your way of escape. Anyone besides me had a great idea, did not act on it, and seen it come to pass by somebody else. Vision. And there may be a few people that says, you know what, I'm not dreaming. I had the same thing about two weeks ago. I said, Lord, I don't remember any dream in the last five months. And he gave me this prophetic word. It was so deep. I was blown away. He said, sleep more. I said, Lord, I got a lot to do. Four hours, five hours, that's sufficient. And he says, Half of that, half of those four hours, you're restless, and then it's two hours, and then you got that crazy alarm clock, and you're staying busy, and God is saying, if you want vision, if you want to work this thing with your hands, then keep getting up. But if you want my direction, if you want to get clarity, I need you to settle yourself. I need you to get up to at least six or seven hours, and it's hard. And maybe that's why I got sick, because I slept like 14 the other day. But there's other people in here, y'all sleeping 14 hours every night, and you just waiting on the Lord, and you need to get to work. Visualize. Put in the work. Because without a vision, you're going to live by design, but without vision, we live by default. 
You may say you're not the boss of you, but if you don't know where you're going, trust me, somebody's behind the curtain pulling the strings, letting you know what's going on. And we're in the rat race trying to figure out what to do. But vision helps us live in assignment. If not, it's going to be by default. Number two, after you visualize, you got to internalize it. It has to be real to you before it becomes real to somebody else. Do you see it? Have you studied God's word to be able to understand how to execute on it? Or even go to YouTube and say, what are other people doing right now in this industry, whether it's ministry, whether it's music, whether it's business? Internalize it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commandments and you will live. Verse number 5. Get wisdom, get understanding, and don't forget the words or turn away from them. Verse number 6. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you. In the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom through it all, through it costs all you have. Get understanding. So when we internalize something, we have to embrace it. We have to wrestle with it. We have to let that thing marinate. You can't just cook it and throw seasoning on it. Nope, you gotta, you gotta, I don't even know how to cook. What do you do, Aldine, when you make chicken? You gotta put it in some water, let it marinate, make sure it's time internalize it. It can't be some surface stuff. It can't be what your neighbor is doing. It has to be real. That means understanding. If you haven't internalized it, it's not going to manifest yet. You're not going to just fall into blessing. You're not going to just fall into righteousness, but it takes intentionality for us to be able to go for it. S. Here's the tough part. Strategize. What's the plan? How are you going to do it? You want a business? Where's the business plan? If not, are you ready? God gave me this idea. I've been sitting on it for two years. And out of all the resources... Out of all 24 hours each day you've been given, you wouldn't take the time to write a business plan? God showed me the job I'm supposed to have, and you still haven't updated your resume? The marriage you keep speaking about, but when's the last time we read books together? Do you even know her five love languages? Have you read the book, Women Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus? Have you invested in and built a strategy, a plan of execution to be able to see a manifestation? We could take it to church. We don't just, you know, come here and just do kumbaya. 
this week, oh, Lord, how many meetings? 10, 15, 20 meetings? Should we do this? Plan A. Should we go live and just do the whole thing and invite 10 people and just tell you to watch from home? Should we have service? Should we not have service? Should we do events? Should we not do events? Strategy. Our vision is still the same. We still got to reach people. We're still the perfect church for, in, for perfect people. We still have to be able to create a community environment. Vision will stay the same. Strategy, you got to be able to adjust. So in this time, when we look at things, I had a conversation with one of our members, and they called me yesterday. I said, hey, God has given me a vision. I want to invest in a few stock. I see there are about 30% discount going on. Can you help me set it up? Strategy. And if you open up most stock on Wednesday, down 30%, and by Friday, any money that was put in, boom, 10%. Strategy. But we're leaving it in the savings account and getting 1%. Something, something just ain't right. Strategy. Say strategy. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. We, we can't blame it on other people. We can continue to pray about these things, but we got to have a plan. What is our sanitation plan with coronavirus? Papa John, what are we going to do to make sure our people are adjusted? I know we did this before, but we got to make an adjustment. I know we used to do service like this, but we got to make an adjustment. Strategy. Proverbs chapter 14 and 15. It says, the simple believe anything, but the prudent, the wise, the informed, give thoughts to their steps. What are your steps taking you? Is it taking you towards the vision or is it taking you away? Or do you take one step and then one step back? And I've seen God I don't know about you, and if you agree, and if you've experienced, you can say amen. When I take one step towards vision, God will take three steps. And I'll look back and say, I only took four steps, and God set the whole thing up. Whether it's ministry, whether it's breakthroughs, whether it's praying, all of these things, strategy. Order my steps. That's one of the things I pray for every day. God, I got a lot of issues, but I'm just going to ask you to order my steps today. I know your assignment is so big and vast for our family, but help a brother out. So when you have strategy, here's here's a tool of the enemy. When we don't have strategy, we waste a lot of energy. We waste a lot of energy doing a lot of things. And for some, he'll throw video games at you. For others, he'll throw this at you. And God, when we have strategy, we're able to say no to things that don't matter. You're not called to do everything, but you're called to do something. And I believe as you step to do the one thing, he'll show you another thing. And he will begin to increase in your life. And some of us are tired. We're trying to figure out what's going on. What are we doing? Why aren't we seeing prosper? Because our energy is not focused. 
Oh, we are so quiet today. Are y'all okay? Are y'all learning? All right. Don't kick me out next week. Number four. So we've talked about visualizing. We've talked about internalize. We've talked about strategy. But now we got to initiate. It's good to see it. It's good to hide his word in our heart that we're not sinning against God, that he's directing our steps. It's good to have a plan of execution. But now we got to do something. So if we do something, that means there's stuff that we can't do. So sometimes with vision, you can't wait on others. You can't wait for them to catch and see what God is trying to do in you. Because most people, they'll wait and say, yeah, go for it. And until you start becoming successful in the thing God has called you to do, then everybody wants to help. I was encouraged this week. Sorry, I got to put you out, um, Gio. Um, Two months ago, we went to lunch. And this story is for a few people. Two months ago, we went to lunch. Gio was like, I quit my job. I said, what? I'm like, Gio got kids. Gio got a house. And he said, I was just obedient to God. He didn't say this, but he said, what I interpreted is that he was wasting too much energy having his life being directed by default and not by design. But when he told me, I was scared. I said, I just started praying for him. He went on my little prayer wall in my room, and I'm like, I got to get Gio every day because I got to help my brother out. And I haven't talked to him. I've just been praying and believing. I checked on him, but I would ask about other stuff. I say, hey, how's your kids doing, et cetera, et cetera. And then we talked this week. My man Gio is now a business owner. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all can give it up if that was your business. And the way he described it, the business was not in good shape. It was dirty. It was rough. But God showed him the vision and the potential because it was in a good area. It was by a mall. And he knew while he's not a professional cook, He got equipped to be able to do his work. I'm not going to talk about none of the money, but my man is doing well. And I'm telling you, just as it happened for Gio, it's available for you. But he went through the process. Before he quit, God gave him a vision. God gave him a strategy. And I'm not sure how much time you took off when you quit your job, but I'm sure you immediately initiated. Initiate. You can't wait on others. You can't wait on validation. Yes, you should seek counsel of others that have done well. Yes, you can leverage our deacons, our pastors, me. We want to help. We want to pray. We want to be able to come alongside you. But you got to do your work. You got to do your part. And we can be able to help and support. And it comes to a point where a part of jumping for us to be able to move forward, you got to initiate. Because procrastination 
is probably the most popular occupation in the world. So many full-time employees. Or we can look at your, um, we can look at your passport too. And it's all stamped, every page, procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. You got to do something. Psalms 128, 1 and 2. Ooh, 1220. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat. You will only eat. You will stay hungry unless you eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. For those that are stepping out on vision, this is a good verse to remember. When it doesn't look like, when your sight is showing you, how am I going to get out? How am I going to get through this? Remind him of his promises. Remind him of what he says. Because here's the thing. Sometimes when we do dream, it is not of God. It was just a rough night. It was just a crazy day. And when you initiate, God is able to show his backing. God is able to show his confirmation. And I ran across this article, and when I saw it, I fell off my chair and started laughing. There was a lady in New York, bought a plant, and for two years, began to water it every day. She was giving it food. When she went on vacation, she had people come over and take care of the plant. And after two years, she found out it was plastic. (laughs) It wasn't real. It was fake. I said, what? Two years? Two years. Y'all laughing now? You got plastic relationships. You got more plastic than cash. Plastic. Things that are not working. And you're saying it's God's vision. And God said, I ain't got nothing to do with that. It may look like a plant. You can spray it like a plant. But it ain't real. And what happens if you just stop with step number three and you never get to the initiate part? And you continue to date, 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 seven years, eight years. It's not real. Y'all just chilling. You're just kicking it. Plastic. If you just stick with the strategy and you just hold your business plan and you never initiate, you're going to find out if God is with you. That's why 80% of first-time businesses die in the first year. I'll pause for effect. Oh, you're going to have to overcome. You're going to have to overcome when it comes to vision. God's vision is for tough people. This is not a masculinity, femininity thing. You got to be tough. You got to have some grit. 
You're going to have to be able to push through. You're going to have to invest in a business that's dirty, that has rats and roaches, and say, you know what? Let's get a team together, and for 10 hours, we're going to overcome this. We're going to be able to turn this thing around. Overcome. You can't just give up when you just have one bad day. Perseverance. It's vision. It's your why that keeps you going. I know you don't like your job, but your why is your kids. Keep going and allow God to be able to show you what to do. It's the vision when every Monday pastors have PMS, post-message syndrome, and they sit down on their couch and they're upset and they're trying to figure out, Lord, you got to get somebody smarter to lead this church. It's vision when you're depressed that gets you going. You got to get vision to be able to push you through. You got to get vision to be able to move forward. Vision to be able to overcome. If not, we stay down. If not, then we can just get you right. But then you have to learn how to be spirit fed so you can be spirit led to be able to get your vision right. We can't keep having individuals that are not Christians work God's principles better than us and see results. All of the stuff we're talking about, these are people, um, whether you listen to motivational gurus, you listen to the people that are writing books, stealing concepts within the Bible, seeing other people succeed, doing it without God's principles, having more toughness, having more vision, having more strategy than us. And God is saying, when you allow me to put my super on your natural, I'm telling you, the Bible is still alive. Y'all looking like God is dead. Say, God is alive. God is is not dead. dead. Amen. Thank you. So God, see, when it comes to God, we, we like to look at results, right? We get motivated by results. We get motivated by others seeing what we have and what we don't have. But God is not interested in results. He is interested in your character. It's the vision that develops your character. And as a result of you getting your character right, now you can be a carrier of his blessings. So then for us, some of us, our character is tight, but we haven't activated or we're not willing to overcome because your character is going with you to heaven. All the other stuff we do, none of the chairs, none of the other people, our wedding bands, our wives, our spouses, we're going back to give them glory. Our character, the things that we're doing on earth, being led by his spirit is going with us. That's what the vision's for. And then we have in. And my wife accused me if this is actually a real word, and I promise you can go to Google. Necessitate. Necessitate. Got to keep my alliteration tight. It means a burden. It It means an unquenchable desire to do something no matter what. You can't let it go. It's that type of burden that made Jesus go to the cross. 
Why would you let somebody beat him up like that? Why would you allow somebody to spit in your face? Vision. He saw vision. He wasn't looking from a place of sight. He had future on his mind. He had you on his mind. What is that thing that no matter how many times you try to shake it off, you keep going back to it? Necessitate. Even Paul, you can go back to Acts chapter 4. It says, so they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. So we know in Acts chapter 1, Jesus come back. Holy Spirit comes, Acts chapter 2 and 3, we see the formation of the church. They're all radicalized. They have the Holy Spirit. Now they're going and touching and changing the world. Now they've been in jail, and the, and the people are trying to tell them, you got to stop with this Christ stuff. We love you, but if you don't tighten up, you could have some issues. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you? Rather than him? So what are they saying? We're not living by default. We understand the consequences here. But God has given us a vision. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Necessitate. What's that thing that gets you? And normally it comes from pain. Right? I know the thing that gives me and my wife problems all the time, and I know I bring it up because I can't stop talking about it, is the child birthing process. You know, we, had, we lost three kids. It still hurts. Every time, every day, it doesn't go away. So as soon as someone is dealing in any type of pregnancy issues, it comes back. What can we do? Hey, let's get a meal team. Let's make it happen. There's not other things that make me go like that. But that makes me trip every time. Ronald McDonald House. Been there, done that. It hurts. Oh, they need money? We got to help them out. Because it's a burden. And if all of us just feed into our burdens, feed into helping within the vision, we can make a difference. Vision. Stand to your feet. You can go to the next one real quick. So here's three questions. In the midst of all of this trial and turmoil, my call to action to you. This is a good one to take notes or pictures. If you're still wrestling and trying to figure out what your vision is, what you should be doing, how to get there, these are things, if you come talk to me, we're going to talk about this. God's vision. Number one, will this vision make God proud? Or is it all about you? If it's only about you, it's not a God's vision. Not saying you can't do it, but if you can't, you can't put God's name on it if it doesn't lead to him getting glory. Question number two, is this goal motivated by love? 
God's vision, God's essence. He, he doesn't act in love. He is love. So if the vision is motivated by lust, greed, bitter, enviness, frustration, complaining, you got to do a litmus test. Is this God? And then number three, will this goal require me to depend on God more? If you just see it as something within your realm and capabilities, as if it's a piece of cake, that may just be a plan or a quick assignment, but maybe not a vision. You can do it, you can execute it on it, but when God gives you a vision, he's speaking normally into your future. And we have to be able to walk it out. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to feel inadequate. But we have one assignment to fulfill our purpose to live for God. So the challenge is for you to be able to go for it. Do it. What do you have to lose? Are you worried about your neighbor's opinion? The one that's still sleeping?